Fresh off the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500 and Marcus Erickson, your champion. Burnout Sports, burnoutsports.com. A big weekend coming up from Detroit, the final race on the streets of Belle Isle, 3 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday on the USA Network is where you can find that race. We'll have you covered throughout the weekend here on Burnout Sports with practice starting on Friday. And a driver that didn't know until recently that he'd be in the race is Santino Ferrucci filling in for Colm Eilat, who was injured in that crash on Sunday for Hunkos Hollinger Racing. He's on his way to Detroit. Santino, thanks so much for your time. I know you're excited about this opportunity. There is a lot that goes into it from seat fittings to just getting adjusted to a new team. But I know you're certainly excited to get back to Detroit where you finished twice last year inside of the top 10. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they they weren't sure. Um, I talked to uh, Ricardo on Sunday night, you know, because I knew that I'd heard that he had broke his hand and said, hey, you know, if you guys do need a, a driver, just let, just let me know. You know, I'd love to be in the car. Um, he got, you know, they went through Monday and uh, he got back to me Tuesday night and said uh, his hand is definitely worse than it looks. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. Here we are, seat, pedals, everything's going up to Detroit. <laughs> uh, the, you, you've been labeled a super sub, and I was going to ask you this last week in Media Day, but I didn't think it was the right the right place. I, I feel, yeah. and, and I don't want to talk for you, so you, you can correct me, I feel your heart is in IndyCar, and you want a full-time IndyCar ride. You, you're obviously doing Xfinity. Um but how important is this to continue to get these opportunities and hopefully those land you back in IndyCar full-time? Man, they're they're crucial to just be in the car and to stay relevant. Staying relevant's a big part of it. I mean, we had a great run at Texas this year. You know, like four top tens at the five hundred now. Um, you know, just continuing to place, man. It's going to be three different teams, three different settings, three completely different types of procedures to learn for working with the teams, and uh, yeah, just showing that I can adapt and I I can get this done. You've already proven yourself, as you mentioned, at the 500. Six of your last seven races have landed you a top 10 finish. Top 10s at both races last year at Detroit, even after, um, you know, that that incident before race number two. You continue to prove yourself, but do you feel – what? do you just ask yourself, like, what the hell else more do I need to do to prove to everybody that I deserve a full-time ride? Is is that something in your mind when you strap in the car? Oh, man, it's it's definitely a – I don't know, dude, to be honest with you. I mean, I feel like I'm doing a damn good job over here. So I'm I'm at a I'm at a bit of a crossroads, you know. It's it I think it's tough, you know, just because of you know, I don't really have sponsorship behind me. Mm-hmm. So I have to be there on merit. Um you know, a lot of the drivers today are able to bring sponsors to teams. Yeah. And it's it's just tough. You know, it's, it's not the uh, it's by, definitely by all means, not the not the ideal way for me. And, um, you know, I hope that, you know, there's definitely some opportunities next year to get back full time. Um, if not, you know, I'd probably love to show up with the same team that I came with this year and yep. try and win the damn race. Santino Frucci with us here on Burnout Sports, burnoutsports.com. You know, you're, you you had a lot of experience with Ray Hall before you got into that seat at Texas your first time with Dry and Reinbold racing in the month of May. You finished top 10. You were right up there. You were super quick on the charge per usual. You haven't been in the 77 car yet, but 
But what is usually the biggest difference between, I guess, hopping seat to seat that you want to make sure uh, you have dialed in by the time you go to race? Well, so, so biggest thing, you know, when you're working with a new team, you know, you got to gel. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to got to learn all the guys. You got to, you know, see how they operate, how engineering processes are made, how decisions are made. It's, it's all a very crucial way of getting the car set because, you know, you, there can't be any miscommunication jumping in weekend after weekend. Indy, it's a little different. You got a lot of days to work on it, testing, all these other things. So you really do get a chance. But, you know, even jumping back in with RLL in Texas, you know, the engineering department was definitely different um, to when I was there last. Uh, you know, all the mechanics, obviously, I knew. So that was pretty easy. And like I said, the plug and play aspect there was great. Jumping in with Junkos this weekend is definitely going to be a bit of an uphill challenge, you know, trying to learn everybody, you know, get used to the car. It's a completely different car. All the cars are different between the teams, between dampers, full setups and suspension. You know, there's so many different ways to get to a good car. So and understanding how they do it is going to be crucial for me as well. And th- this has been a car, the 77 car at Hunko Salinger. And, like, I keep calling them the little team that can, and, and they probably get sick of hearing about that because they want to break through. But this is a car that has had speed. We know Ilot has a lot of talent. Uh, so you've got to be excited to know that you're probably going to roll off on Friday pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how their street course car is. Detroit's a completely different animal than every other track mm-hmm. out there. So, like I said, what I've seen this year is definitely made uh, – definitely – made me hopeful and you know i definitely think these guys are working really hard to uh have that great car and to have all that fantastic equipment and start bringing in results so i hope we can get it done with them this weekend uh it'd be nice that i know the track as well so um but yeah you know i think i think they you know they may be a a small team right now and they're growing stages of life and growing stages of the team but you know they have the potential to be a, a very big team and very very competitive for sure yeah, and I think Ryan Hunter Ray will be there, and he's been helping out that team. You just came off of a month where you worked with the former Indianapolis 500 winner and Buddy Rice. How how important is it to have a driver like that 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 probably knows what you're feeling inside of the race car to be able to relay it back to the pit box? Say, this is what I need, and they automatically know that feel because they've done it before. Oh yeah, I was definitely trying to get Buddy to come. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, no, it's you know having people like that is huge. You know, Ryan brings such a wealth of knowledge. You know, same with Buddy. You know, it's just it helps me as a driver kind of understand what's going on a little bit faster because like I have my own feelings and my own needs as a driver to set the car up. And when you have someone that's been in the you know been there for twenty years and or fifteen plus years and has won a ton of races and has and you know knows what it takes to have one or two win and uh it's just it's a big jump in communication it just it advances you just that much faster with the communication with the team and understanding and moving things along down the process knowing what will work and what won't work already with the team so you know having someone like that'll be huge how was your race on sunday another top 10 you're 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 up towards the front there did seem to be an element uh, an element for everybody of not being able to pass a little bit more difficult. Uh, I think that came with the hotter race course that we saw compared to maybe Friday's carb day conditions or some of the other practices. Um, but, but, but what were your thoughts in that 23 car and, and ultimately winding up in the top 10? Yeah. I mean, I definitely found myself making a couple passes on track that day. Mm-hmm. We were great all day. I mean, we rolled off and started that race and I just thought to myself, wow, we can be we can be up here like without a doubt. I was, you know, the race car. It's always hard to tell 
uh, what you have until you're there. Yeah. It's one of those things that it always takes a minute of preparation and understanding once you get into the race to see if you've actually done the right thing or not. And we had the car all the way up until the end. The last set of tires just didn't really agree with the setup. The track temp went up a lot. There's a lot of things that uh, definitely didn't go to the direction in our favor. We were also geared too long. We were expecting race pace to not be 217, 218. We were expecting it to be like 223. So everything ran a little bit slower than we had anticipated as a team. So when it got down to the uh, to the wire there, we just we were just a little bit behind. You know, you to, to win that race, not only do you need to have luck on your side, and you need to have the car right at the end, and you need to have one of the best cars right at the end. For for knobs like me who have never raced a car, walk me through just the adjustment and how different your car is on lap one compared to what it's going to be on lap 200 and how many adjustments you make throughout that 500 miles. Lap one, once I got into clear air, I was wide open pretty easily throughout my whole stint. <laughs> lap 200, oh, let's say lap 180, when I came out of the pits on new tires and I could barely hold on to the car and trying to keep up with Tony Kanan on old tires and in low fuel, I knew I was going to struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sitting there going, uh-oh, <laughs> this is going to be a long 20 laps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's just such a long race. I mean, over three hours, I mean, you have, if you, you got to look at this, you have 33 cars that are going to run 200 laps around this track, go through multiple sets of tires each. You know, it's just the track changes so fast so much throughout that whole race so much rubber gets laid down temperatures go up by almost 30 degrees it gets greasy the sun comes out like it just it it, it's so hard it it, you wouldn't think asphalt has character Mm -hmm. that place has got more than enough character for most of the tracks around this freaking uh place or most of the indycar circuit that's for sure I'll ask you this as a competitor, uh, your thoughts on that red flag. Was that the right decision there with, I believe the yellow initially came out on lap 194. So I feel like people are not going to agree with me on this, but I say yes. Mm -hmm. Um, You do have to remember, we want to finish green for the fans. Yes, we want to win the race. And yes, I'm sure Marcus wanted to end under yellow from lap 194. Yeah. He still won the race, but from the fans' point of view, Man, to finish under green, it's so much more of like a true win, mm-hmm. to especially to the driver. And you know, we're also putting on a show. We got to remember that we're we're showmen. You know, we got to be entertaining and exciting, and you know, we got to drive it in the last corner flat and try and make things happen on lap one ninety nine. So, I think IndyCar made the right call, in my opinion. Santino Ferrucci joins us as we look ahead to Detroit. Recap a little bit of the Indianapolis. 500 uh speaking of being a showman uh go ahead i'm i retweeted it go ahead and uh tell me about the outfit and warm-ups or in uh in not really warm-ups i guess but the driver intros uh <laughs> i thought it was hilarious mm. that was definitely a good one mm-hmm. um screaming sicilian our sponsor had uh these sweet sunglasses that i handed out to a couple of people yeah with a mustache on it it was like <laughs> a chain like mustache that came down and like fit my face really well and i saw those and i was like you know what everybody's just been so serious yeah why not have a little bit of fun yeah so i put those on and then my buddy uh who was in town had that hat that i was wearing Mm -hmm. 
which was like that big old bucket hat. And I was like, <laughs> dude, let me borrow that thing real quick. And I put on the getup and I went over to my team boss and uh, looked at Dennis. I was like, Dennis, is one of, is, can I do one or the other? Or do I, should I do both or none? And Dennis goes, you need to do both. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh. And I was like, you're the boss. I'm doing it. So, uh, yeah, that's how we rolled out like that. And we talk, had Gordon's on. Why not? Yeah. Talk about that dynamic, though, where maybe you need – it's so intense. And I feel like from the moment you you know, you know wake up, you've got sponsorships and interviews and fans, and you walk out on the Gasoline Alley for the first time in three years with a full house around you, and it really does get intense. Uh, you're a fun, laid-back, easygoing guy. How important is it for you to just maybe have a laugh and a deep breath uh, to kind of calm calm things down before you really get going? I mean, if you think about the pressure of that race and then you go back to to me real quick and think, well, this could be your last race because mm-hmm. you don't have anything after this. The pressure goes up immensely Yeah, because I'm not competing in the rest of the season. I don't have anything set for next year. Yeah. So anything that I could do to honestly get my mind off the race and just think of the race as just another race to have a clear mind is what I did. And in turn, that just meant being myself. So I was just my fun, goofy self, had a great day, enjoyed the fans, enjoyed the greatest spectacle in racing. And, you know, I was just there to take what the what the track gave me that day. And it gave me a 10th and I'm more than happy with that. And I can also say that I definitely enjoyed myself in the process. Where can we get one of those shirts that you were rocking in the parade on Saturday? So those were a gift okay. from my buddy okay. in Dallas, and we are working on getting those out to the public. All right. Okay. We're going we're, we're to get those up on my website and make the get the public to be able to get them because, honestly, that was the sickest shirt I think I've ever <laughs> seen in all of those sports. Who else has a bobblehead character, man? Yeah. You let me know. I'll tell you what. If, if you're a racing fan and you, wanna, you want two good shirts – the throwback dry and Reinbold one they put out at the beginning of the month was 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 super cool. And then okay. yours, obviously, on Saturday was incredible. Uh, one more thing before I let you go, and we're looking forward to seeing you in the Hunkos Hollinger number 77 coming up this weekend at Detroit, 3 o'clock Eastern on USA on Sunday. Um, more dog walks this month or more slices of pizza for you? Well, funny enough, I'm in the car, just I'm I'm parked, I'm just chilling. I actually got my Chick-fil-A for dinner I'm there staring at right now. My dogs are in the trunk drooling. <laughs> um, because I never got a chance to go back to Dallas. Yeah. So, yep, the pups are coming with me to Detroit. <laughs> um, trust me, if I could have stopped somewhere to get a screaming Sicilian pizza to throw in an oven that I don't have at the moment to have for dinner, <laughs> yeah. I would be doing it. <laughs> yeah. But I had to stop and get some fast food, so that's what I'm on for tonight. But, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, it'll definitely be a fun, fun weekend with the pups up there in, uh, in the great city, great motor city. Well, we'll get you, get you back on the road here. We appreciate your time. Santino Ferrucci. You'll see him this weekend back in an Indy car. It'll be his third race of the year gunning for yet another top 10 and even more coming up on Sunday. Hey, best of luck, Santino. Thanks for spending some time with us and uh, go get him coming up this weekend. Oh, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. All right, Santino Ferrucci there, who filled in for Jack Harvey at Texas for Ray Holladum and Lanigan Racing, then had a great run on Sunday with Ryan Reinbold Racing, and now we'll move over 
to the Chevy Power number 77 for Hunkos Hollinger Racing coming up on Sunday. And and we talked about it. What's this guy got to do to get a full-time ride? I mean, he's fast. Yeah, he doesn't bring the money that maybe other drivers do, but he certainly has the talent uh, and would be awesome to see him back in the series full-time uh, with a chance to prove what he can do because he proves it every time out when it's a one-off situation finishing inside of the top 10. So so always enjoy talking to Santino. Great conversation there. He was great throughout the month. Um, obviously, he's great with sponsors. Did you not see the screaming Sicilian getup that he had? Uh, I retweeted that on my timeline, at Tony TonyDND, if you missed that. So looking forward to the race weekend. Power rankings are going up. We'll have your preview coming up. The IndyCar Show is up as well, so check that out on YouTube or our Twitter channels. Don't forget to like and subscribe to everything Burnout Sports and BurnoutSports.com. And uh, we'll have a fun race coming up on Sunday, the last one from the streets of Belle Isle.